You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because there is a more freeing way to be fit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Move With Radiance. I'm so excited you all are here. And we are on episode 20 freaking three. So that's pretty exciting. (laughs) I feel like the time has gone really fast. And I... Like, I can't believe the kind, I just can't believe where we are in this journey. And I'm just so blessed to have you all along for the ride. (laughs) Um, I have a couple of things before we dig into today's really good, I can't talk today, today's really awesome episode. Um, First of all, I, again, wanting to give you all a little update of my journey with this program that I'm doing for my just additional coaching certification. Uh, This week, we dug into a lot of really good stuff. And one of the things that I talk about, but I don't think I ever fully, fully understood how to do it, was feeling into our emotions. And we do talk about this a little bit on on the podcast today, not in the detail I'm going to go into right now, but... um, just thought this would be a good thing to talk about when you're kind of listening to this episode and, um, we bring this up a little bit, but yeah, what it means to actually feel our emotions. And I, you know, as we're doing a lot, a lot of this work and it's, it's a lot of information at one time. And that's just kind of how it is at the beginning of this program. And I got to a point where I was like, wait a minute, am I doing this right? Like, am I actually feeling my emotions or am I just thinking my way through? Because there's a really big difference from like overanalyzing and overthinking and moving through it in your brain and actually feeling it and processing it in your body. And so I want to talk about an experience that I had this past weekend that actually allowed me to feel it in my body rather than letting my mind go into a circle of thoughts and trying to think my way through the emotion. So um, I think it was Sunday. I was triggered by something I saw on Instagram. Again, this whole like diet culture thing can sometimes rile me up in a way that like I can't turn it off. And, you know, I probably don't need to go into this kind of detail, but I, it's hard being in I'm, I'm, it's hard, but I'm also very honored to be in a newer space where we're kind of going against the norm, right? Like we're challenging diet culture. We're challenging the fitness industry. We're challenging these messages that we've been told over and over and over for so many years. And we're challenging that now. And, you know, it's a new thing for a lot of people. And so, um, I saw this post that just really triggered me. Um, I got really angry. And of course, you know, there's a lot of engagement like, oh, thanks for posting this. I needed to hear this, like good awareness and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was just like, like just feeling really unheard and angry. <laughs> I, you know, and I processed my anger 
And I let that, cause that was an emotion that came up first. And so I was like, okay, I know how to work through this. I went, um, my I expression of anger. I talked about this a little bit. I think it was last week or the week before about like actually expressing your emotion of anger and figuring out how you let that out of your body, whether that's through a physical way or a verbal way. So healthfully, you know, letting this anger release by yourself. So I did that and I came back and I still had this like pit or like feeling of tension in my chest and my brain was just racing and I couldn't move through it. And one of the exercises for this course was a, a meditation that was talking about feeling into your body. And I went from this place of, I don't know how to quite explain it, but it was this place of like in my head to just going straight into my heart and in my body and turning off my thoughts and feeling. And the way I can best explain this is, um, so if you think about something that maybe made you upset or brought the emotion forward. So I thought about this event that happened and I went through kind of the way I felt it from beginning to end. And typically what happens for me when I feel an emotion that gets difficult for me, I immediately suppress it. Or I, I, if it's like something that happened to me in the past and I'm ashamed around it, or there's some sort of guilt, I push it away immediately. And now I'm learning to like, let whatever thoughts and whatever feelings, whatever emotions come with that, that, uh, memory play it out and I let it happen and I get to the end of it. And, and without thinking, I had this sense of like my inner child saying, I feel unheard. I need to be heard or I'm not being listened to. You're not hearing me. And so I was able to say, okay, what do you need right now? And she just needed love and acceptance and to know that like she's heard. And I was able to give that to myself and realize that that was something I was seeking externally by looking at this post and saying, oh, she's getting all this attention for something I don't believe in. Why am I not getting my attention? And realizing that I was externally searching for it when I could just give that to my inner child myself. And afterwards, I felt this sense of release and peace. And I can now think about the situation without getting upset because I was able to process it and move forward. And so I've started doing that not only when I feel triggered in my everyday life, but in the past, these emotions and experiences that I haven't fully processed yet because I've suppressed them, I'm letting them play out. Obviously, I give myself the space to do that. I get quiet. I have my little morning routine where I'm able to like meditate through those things and breathe through those things. Like give yourself that space, but let yourself feel it and stop going into the rabbit wheel, rabbit wheel, <laughs> hamster wheel. I would say rabbit hole. That's probably a new one now. The rabbit wheel of thinking and thinking and thinking and why and, blah, 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 and you're going over and over and over and just feel it and see how that works this time. Because I think we're those types of people that need to like, you know, go down the rabbit hole of these things. <laughs> So I, need, I just wanted to share that because it was a really amazing experience and a truly beautiful way to like let go and let that emotion have its turn and have its place and let it know it's okay. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to have those feelings and just give like assure myself that it's there and I have the answers and I'm able to be accepted and come from a place of acceptance within 
and I don't need to validate that externally. So wanted to share that. Um, really, really quickly wanted to also um, let you know of a new series that I'm doing on my blog. Um, for as long as I can remember, I've, I've expressed myself through writing and I recently came across a journal that I had written in during my deepest times of my disordered eating, um, struggles. So I am re I'm like basically copying those into my blog and then writing a letter to myself from today. So what would I say to 2010 Stephanie when she was going through that time? And my hope is that for those of you who might be in that phase right now, you can identify and relate and feel less alone, but then also feel supported. So um, that's going to be, I I released one um, this week. You can check that out by visiting www.stephanie-dankelson.com forward slash the blog. And um, they'll be all in there. The series is called uh, Letters to Myself. So check those out if you would like. Okay, <laughs> now I'll be brief about introducing this amazing episode that I had. Um, I actually recorded this um, a couple of months ago, and we've made some a couple of edits towards the end. But um, we, it's this this interview is with my yoga instructor Anne Marie, and we immediately bonded and. Um, quickly started sharing stories about ourselves and found that we have a very similar way of thinking and um, was like, you have to come on my podcast. (laughs) So um, in this episode, we talk about, I mean, all sorts of things. And it's always funny, you come into these these interviews with like an idea of what you want to discuss, and then it goes in a completely different direction. But I totally believe that it's for very specific, we're guided in that way. So um, we talk about belief systems, self-care, boundaries for ourselves, you know, leaning into emotion, being gentle with ourselves throughout our healing processes, looking at ourselves from a place of acceptance and not judgment, play, and so much more. Um, Anne-Marie is a Christian and we discuss how her faith has contributed to her personal growth. Um, but I truly believe that whatever your spiritual beliefs are, you can relate to her story and, and have a similar connection in what she's saying. So, um, without, let me, uh, go ahead and introduce or tell you a little bit more about Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie lives in Park City, Utah, and is the proud mother of three children. She has practiced yoga for over 25 years and has been teaching for 10. She has always been interested in emotional evolution and spiritual growth. Through the years of self-exploration, Anne-Marie has developed a teaching style that complements her students' efforts for greater fitness and inner awareness. As a visual artist, she is known for both intricate detail and bold expression, and her work is in numerous private collections across the U.S., She's a believer in the value of art education and has contributed years of instruction and curricular enhancement to private and public school environments. Anne-Marie has found her stride as a coach who works closely with clients seeking wellness through meditation, yoga, creative expression, and a thoughtful approach to nourishment through the art of eating well. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and here is Anne-Marie. Okay. Hi, (laughs) Anne-Marie. Hi, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for being over there. Oh, I, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So for all of you who don't know, Anne-Marie and I, she is my yoga instructor 
And we met through our practice and I've been very grateful for just the conversations that we've had and how we've gotten to know each other. It's just so crazy how life puts people in, in your life (laughs) at the right time, I think. So yeah, I'm so grateful for you and for this conversation we're going to have today. Thank you. And it's been um, such a treat to, to teach you, but also to be taught by you and to just have that wonderful um, alchemy of, of two people wanting to, wanting to share and feeling safe and, and understanding that that's just a really remarkable thing. Absolutely. Very cool. (laughs) Totally agree. So I always start everything, all these interviews out with having you tell us a little bit about yourself. And I always say your story, but that's a huge question. Like that's such a heavy loaded question, but really whatever you want everyone to know about you, we'll just kind of start there and go from that. Okay, good. Well, I don't want to tell my story because I'm actually writing my story. Um, and it's, it's taking me a long time because there's a lot there, but I'll give you my, um, I'll give you a little snippet of, of, um, what I'm doing now. Um, I have taught yoga for over 10 years. I was practicing yoga. Um, gosh, it's been about 25 years now. And I loved practicing and not teaching because I had, um, taught in the schools here in Park City, I started an art program for elementary students. And any of the work that I'd done prior to moving here was all around education. I kind of worked within my children's schools and did that when we arrived uh, in, in Park City about 13 years ago. And so I didn't want to, I loved being a student of yoga because I was teaching in <laughs> you know, during the day. And I love not having to um, always give information, but I just started to really be led in my heart to teach yoga. It just started to get so important to me. And I found myself practicing and thinking about, oh, what would I say if I were a teacher or what would I do next if this was a sequence that I was uh, composing? So um, I did do some trainings and I ended up doing an interesting training called holy yoga, which is a Christian yoga. And, um, you know, never having any conflict, uh, as a Christian, um, practicing yoga myself, I never felt any spiritual pull or challenge away from, um, you know, my private faith, but I love this idea of integrating, um, a faith, and it being something that I could identify with. So I did that training and have been teaching holy yoga privately and different events and different classes. And then also doing sort of more of a secular uh, kind of just more of a exercise oriented, but vaguely spiritual practice, you know, such that I've worked with you um, in. And so that's been really fun um, to sort of teach in different ways and to work with students that need different things and, and to be, to be honored to, to lead a spiritual practice for people has been great. So that's kind of what, um, that's why I've come into my yoga instruction. And, and, um, but aside from that, I, I teach some private art lessons. I'm an artist, I'm a painter and, um, I fancy myself as a writer as well, but I'm also a mom and I'm divorced and I'm living in this beautiful 
beautiful Park City area where I just love to be outside. So I know you, you understand that. Yeah. You as a Park City local too, waiting for the sun to actually stay out. I know the leaves are changing right now and it's making me so happy. Yeah. I'm just like ready for the warmth. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh. Thank you though. Um, awesome. So I guess kind of leading, I have a couple of different directions I want to go in. Um, I wanted, we've talked about this before. I think maybe we should mention this now because I think it is, I don't know, really interesting and really important to talk about how your experience with integrating yoga with the Christian faith as well and how beautiful that is regardless of, you know, it's, it's, it is coming from like two different kind of spiritual places, I think, but there's, I think it's still all in this one and the same in a way. So maybe talk a little bit about your experience there. We'll just maybe, I'm, I'm just curious to have that conversation. And for my listeners, I think that's just a really cool thing to talk about. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, you know, as a, as a person, I guess I've always delighted in, in the, in movement ever since I was young, I've always been very athletic. Um, I've always danced. Um, I love music and just expression through my physical body. And, um, I remember early on when I'd go for runs when I was a teenager or when I would, um, dance, I was, I felt very connected to God. And that was just a, um, just something that happened to me and something that I felt um, in a way I, I, I could worship um, in a way in which was just sort of more about being connected, sensing, sensing connection to the divine through my body. So when I started um, being curious about yoga, um, especially coming out of a dancer's background where I have this vocabulary of movement, I found the practice that was, you know, encouraging meditation and awareness and breath, um, breath linkage to movement and this, this sort of um, state, this heightened state of, of moving in a practice. Uh, I found it just incredibly um, spiritual and so it didn't matter to me what was going on. I've taken and enjoyed so many different types of yoga, but it didn't matter to me um, what the teachers were necessarily bringing in terms of their spiritual work, their practice, their orientation, because I just felt so grounded in mine. Mm. Um, and so when people would chant um, or sing or um, talk about um, either Hindu or or Buddhist or, or new agey kind of, um, thoughts or bring in, bring in different gods or goddesses. I, I don't know. It never, uh, I never felt led to, to go there spiritually. Um, perhaps also because I've studied a lot about world religion mm. <laughs> and have a lot of, um, sort of, uh, some mythology knowledge and some, um, uh, knowledge of Hindu gods and goddesses just from my Indian art history classes and my, my comparative religion work that I did in college. But I, um, I just was so happy to be a Christian in those environments, never felt challenged, never felt, um, um, isolated or anything. I just was, I think I've always just done my own thing spiritually, no matter where I've been 
and it's always been private. And so the opportunity to kind of be outed, if you will, come out of the closet as a Christian who does yoga um, in this way of, of teaching and practicing with other Christians uh, has just been, it was really an exciting opportunity and it's been quite rewarding. I love that because it just, for me, I think in today's world, in a lot of different places, there's people place these compartments around things and being able to say, well, I feel connected in this way. And this is why I feel connected and going forward with that, regardless of like how it's portrayed or like what you're supposed, I'm using air quotes, you're supposed to be doing or what you're supposed to believe. You've just gone with the connection that you have felt. And I think that that's really important just in general to, to tap into that and then to move forward with that because that's something you feel connected with, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult. I understand why people feel burdened um, and restricted because human, I I think it's just human nature to try and categorize things Mm. and, you know, I've had, I've come against opposition, both from a Christian community saying, oh, you can't do yoga. And I've come (laughs) into conflict with yogis who say you can't be Christian and practice yoga. And, um, I've always been like, wow. So that means like the, the Presbyterian or Baptist minister or whatever can't practice, uh, Taekwondo, right? Mm -hmm. Like why can't, why can't one, mm-hmm. one spiritual practice, one discipline, mm-hmm. um, lead someone deeper in their own faith? Yeah. Why, you know, why are Christians opposed to meditation when the Bible constantly refers to it or, ha- you know, does several times, um, and in monastic traditions, meditation and chanting are not just something from the Far East, mindset. Um, I, I think there's so much more connectedness, um, in spiritual journey than, than a lot of people may be comfortable with. I, I, I just, I remember studying, um, studying Buddhism in college and being so incredibly, um, enriched by, some of the, the mindfulness, um, you know, teachings and around how to, how to restore and find, find peace. And because for me, I translated it into the Christian way, instead of saying, you know, I'm going to find this peace through myself and my own, um, settling into myself and ridding myself of attachment. I settled into myself and at the center of myself is, is my faith life. That is Jesus. So it was, it's just a vocabulary, but also my faith and, um, completely, completely feeling, um, encouraged in my faith, um, vis-a-vis things that I've studied. So my yoga is an expression of, of my deepest, um, my deepest connection, which is, you know, I really have always felt that connection through my body and through, through what I do physically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that 
I wanted to bring this up just because I think it helps give other people permission to feel what they're feeling in whatever sense, you know, if they feel connected to something through their movement, I think that's valid and worth listening to regardless of like the rules placed around it. And so I don't know. I wanted to dig into that because I really do think it's so important to talk about breaking these standards of what these molds that we think things should fit in. So, and really listening to that calling of where you're feeling called to, Mm -hmm. yeah, where you're feeling called to and and the connection to your movement. I just think that's so beautiful. And well, holy yoga, this Christian yoga is, is really a neat, a neat thing. And it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. I just had a large, a large, uh, event in Salt Lake. We had over 80 people, yeah. um, in a, in a practice that was worshipful. And I, I just love, I love, um, Christians getting healthier, getting longer and stronger, like everybody else in a yoga practice and, and, and feeling more connected and more inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Thanks. Really I wanted more. to dig into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting topic for sure. Yeah. So I guess in terms of that, kind of leading into my next question, we talked a little bit about this on Friday, but how you've sort of created and, and found this solid foundation for your life and how mm-hmm. you sort of live your life based on that. How have you figured out what that means to you and how do you live with that in mind? Wow. So you're going to have to help me remind me of, um, if I go off of, of those beautiful talking points, but in terms of a foundation, you know, I like to think that my foundation is being laid Mm. as I live and it's just getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, I just thought of this when I lived in San Francisco, um, my ex-husband and I put a offer on a house that I was just in love with and in love with this area and I was in love and it was, you know, such an expensive real estate market and we were really going to stretch, but it had a brick foundation and an earthquake land, uh, not a really solid investment, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and to, to lift a house up and put down another foundation that's insurable, um, it's just, it's really tough. And we didn't end up getting the house and I was, I was very um, upset about it you know, I felt like, Oh, that was, you know, that was the answer to all of our problems. Kind of, you know, really faulty thinking, faulty, uh, no pun intended, but there was this, there was this, um, this attention to this, this bad foundation, this foundation that was built, you know, years and years ago. And that's when that was the style and it just had not been upgraded, even though there was a pretty house on top and, I feel like my foundation over my, over the majority of my life has been that of a brick foundation Hmm. in terms of allowing trauma to have these fissures that crack into my foundation and make it less secure. So the work that I've been doing over the past several years is really all about restoring and and repairing maybe even lifting the house up right to use that analogy and repouring knocking those bricks or knocking that faulty foundation with the fissures in it um and and relaying 
a foundation. And I want to, I want to just say that the foundation that had all had always been there, right. But had suffered, um, had suffered some structural damage. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm really grateful that I can sit here and tell you that my foundation is, isn't solid, perfect sound. It's, it is being filled with um, stabilizing materials and I'm so enjoying the process. Hmm. It's as if I've had the opportunity that I don't think a lot of people have is to just really say, wow, why, why has my life gone this way? Why have my relationships look like this? Why are my gifts uh, being used in this direction? And looking at like a lot of how I, I came through, um, I'm just realizing that I've, I've benefited from some really tremendous gifting. God has gifted me in so many beautiful ways. Um, and the ways that I've not benefited, it's because I've had a faulty belief system about myself that's now really getting its ass kicked. Mm. Yeah, so I'm starting to really feel um, and know. So it's not just about feeling and it's not just about knowing. It's about feeling and knowing my value. And uh, it's, it's, it's tremendous. It's really a good time. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful time and fun to, fun to even talk about. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many good things. I know. That's my smile. I have a big smile on my face. Yes. The, the thing I want to come back to because this I'm people are probably laughing because <laughs> this word why has been my theme throughout maybe every single conversation I've had with people. Uh-huh. And you mentioned that you took the time to start understanding the whys of your life. How how do you, or like, when did that start? Like, what do you remember the point in your life where you were like, huh, like sh- where you started questioning yourself and like when it started to pivot to where you started under, like you, you said, um, feeling and knowing my value. Was there a point in your life where you were like, this isn't working anymore and why? Oh my gosh. I think it's so interesting. I've had, if we could see a chart or, you know, a graph right? We'd, I think you'd see a, an, an eventual sort of incline in terms of awareness, right? But you'd see a lot of ups and downs along that route, okay? I think I've always been um, introspective, and I've always been a deep feeler, very sensitive to others. So I think my life has always sort of had a lot of that resonance and, and, and looking in and wondering. But... Um, the shift from asking why so much to more asking what mm. has happened, I think, over the last few years. And I have to say, it's really been um, after getting divorced. I was in a, in a long marriage, 24 years, and raised three really awesome kids. And um, not to go into the gory details, but... Um, it wasn't really until I moved out of that partnership did I have the opportunity to um, look at myself, myself, not myself versus him. 
Mm. or vis-a-vis him or our relationship and the dynamic there, but more just me. Right. And so instead of asking so many whys about why is this this way? Why does this keep happening? Why am I not able to, um, to get a handle on this? Why is our communication so bad? Why is there so much, you know, distrust and, um, you know, why, why is this not something that, that is going to be sustained or sustainable? I started looking at what, what it means to, to really be in process and, and to really, to really um, do the work. I think you can get stuck in why for a long time. I think why is um, answerable with a lot of intelligence and a lot of study and a lot of great, great theoretical work, but the what, what do I need? Mm. And what, what am I, what have I missed? What am I missing? What can I do differently? Has been the crux of my work in the recent years. And I am so thrilled. The, um, the process hasn't been easy and I haven't always come out of, of like, say my, my therapeutic sessions with say, which I do once a week with a wonderful therapist, um, or any of my writing or any of my, um, even my yogic work sometimes can, can lead me to, um, to really be in a, in a serious kind of mode. Um, so it's not all, it's not all confetti and laughter and, and party whistles, you know, this kind of what it's really about looking at yourself and, um, finally just really looking at yourself and understanding, you know, the buck stops here. Cause wherever I go, I'm here. I'm, I'm the one who's on the journey everywhere I go. So I better get to the bottom of what I uh, need to heal from. So that's my, that's my work. Yeah. And I think too, as women, sometimes we put ourselves on the back burner because we have so many, like we tend to maybe be more of caregiving and to be able to stop and say, well, what do I need? Yeah. Only serves everyone else in a better way. Well, it's confusing too, because I have felt like I am serving myself when my children are well. Mm. I have felt, and I love to take care of man. Oh my gosh. I am, um, I love, I love I love supporting a man. I love taking care of a man. I love cooking for a man. I love um, just there. There's such joy for me in in caretaking, and I mean it from an honest space. It's not caretaking at the expense of myself necessarily, but it is fun, as you know. I mean, as a lot of women know, nurturing others, being a good friend to others, being a um, being that person that others can count on. And, um, there's a lot of areas I think that, that women, um, rally in as nurturing caregivers that are, that are lovely. It's lovely. These are lovely things. It's, it's when it's, um, when it's done from a place that's not, um, already filled, right. From a place that's longing for a payback 
Mm. longing for recognition, longing for um, validation, because you don't have that stuff to start with, that the caregiving becomes, um, it just becomes, I think, um, sad and, and you're not fulfilled. But honestly, you know, like my, my son is having another, um, he's had a lot of a lot of surgeries and athletic injuries and he's getting, getting some care, um, getting another surgery to take some metal out of his body. And, you know, he asked me if I would, if I'd take care of him. This is my, my adult son, 24 years old. And I'm just so honored Hmm. that he would think of his mommy in that way that of course the longing of my heart is to care for those that I love. But finally, I feel as if I'm caring for people that I love from a place that is starting to look a lot more sound mm. and grounded and, and coming from an, a position of like, I'm, I'm enough, I'm loved, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not perfect. My foundation isn't, isn't flawless, but man, it feels good to take care of others. And also, it's interesting because I feel like the more that I operate from that place, the more other people take care of me Mm. in little ways, big ways. I just had a phenomenal Mother's Day. Nothing spectacular. Just, just, I think for me, the most meaningful, the most, um, the most elegant aspect of yesterday was just that my kids shared with me, um, their feelings, about about me being their mom and how grateful they were and it wasn't you know hallmark moments it was it was good it was good authentic stuff you know no big no big gifts no 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 dinner out whatever it just was was just a neat honest exchange of how of how delighted I am to be their moms and and vice versa so honestly um the self-care stuff I just want all your listeners to understand that it can, it leads to more and more abundance. Mm. It leads to more and more people, more and more relationships, um, getting deeper and, and more reciprocal and more, um, more like you can just sense, you can sense the greater space that you come in around your own self-worth and self-care. When you take care of others, it's different from that place. And I know because I've had it, I've experienced the sacrificial care and I've, and I've also of others. And I've also experienced the, the authentic, um, care of others. And I also think that when you, when you are working from a a sound place in terms of reaching out and, and taking care of others or showing up for others, um, Oh shoot. What was I going to say? If you are doing that from, from a grounded place, your, yeah, your expectations on others, Mm. um, really shifts. And I think also your boundaries are in better shape, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Women can really, really, um, get lost in, in, in giving because they, they really aren't sure of their source. Hmm. Yeah. I love source is such an awesome word, isn't it? Yes. That made me think. Well, I love this idea of this wellspring, right? Yeah. This, this 
under the earth explosion trickle, if you will, even of water, of, of life giving water. And for me, thankfully, it's not just in me. It's not from me as a human being. It's, it's from God. It is such a higher power that, um, honestly, I think without my faith, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the courage to, to, to be doing the what work that I'm doing. Cause I don't feel like I could do it without, without that little trickle of water or that geyser, even at times. That connected to that connectedness to something bigger than ourselves. Something bigger and something that is life affirming, love affirming, that's protective. And that is um, also, you know, I really do believe that God's fighting my battles. Um, I really believe that as I, as I walk along this path of, 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 of healing, the stuff that I am struggling with and the stuff that I, I, I've messed up, um, along the way, I, I really trusted to, to him to, to cover, to move out of my way if it's not for me or to bring back in a new way. Um, if it is for me, I, I've just really learned a lot more about letting go. Mm. Yeah. Surrender and letting go and not trying to be in control of the things that are uncontrollable is so crucial to growth. Well, you, you can get caught in the anxiety wheel that the hamster runs around in and you can think you're, um, you're, you're fixing something, but in effect, you know, worry is just like you sitting in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth. You're never going anywhere. No. Yeah. No, the anxious brain is, and I, I really have compassion for women that are in the anxious brain. I mean, trauma and re-traumatization and seeking, you, you sort of subconsciously seek out stuff that's traumatized you in the past so that you finally get past it. I really believe that. But it really sucks because you can be, for instance, you know, making decisions um, that lead you right back to, to feeling the same exact way that you felt maybe when you were a child, when you were mistreated or in a relationship when you're mistreated you can subconsciously surround yourself with people that will mistreat you again and you will get back into that same kind of pattern of trauma and it's really hard to it's hard to get woken up from it and to to get the right help but um I've been there and um all I can say is fortunately I'm not anymore and I I'm just really delighted to be able to encourage people because it doesn't always have to stay. I mean, yes, there are people that go to their graves um, living an anxious life, but there's so much out there right now to help people. And um, yeah, I believe, I believe that these are the days. This is the time. Seize the day. Get your help. Find yourself. Ask the question, what do I need? Yeah. Yeah. The, and I think too, I, I fall on a level of the anxious scale. (laughs) I'm definitely a very anxious person. And I read something that, um, kind of described anxiety and like when that, those feelings come up, Mm 
mm-hmm. what that is sort of telling you. And it's feelings of anxiety are you either living too much in the past or trying to predict too much of your future. Right. And so what you need in that moment is to try and be present and to live in the moment that is happening right at this very second. Mm-hmm. And I do think my yoga practice has mm-hmm. helped me in that sense. So glad to hear it. I was just going to say yoga can really address address anxiety, I think. Not just from the, the biological, physical ramifications of a, of a, of a good practice, which, which lead one to having you know, a lot of released energy, a lot more circulation, a higher, if you will, energy vibration throughout the body. Um, a calmed mind just from that sort of vagus nerve calming ujjayi breath that we practice um, so much, but also just this ability to do what the teacher's telling you to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always, I see students that like, sometimes I'll do this um, just for fun is I'll make students stop in a, in a flow and you'll see the, the students that just go on with the, the next move that they're, they're anticipating. And I make them get back because they're all, they're living in that brain that's already moving forward mm. as opposed to in the brain that, you know, is going to be holding that plank for a longer time. And it's going to have to shed itself the brain's gonna have to shed itself of its limitation thinking for the plank to be sustained right Hmm. so yeah yoga teaches us so much and um gosh it's such a unique form of exercise but yeah i think that anxious anxious brain is something that some people are predisposed to but also it's a human it's 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 a human um condition Mm-hmm. And it's different, I think, from fear, but it's connected to fear, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we're going to be scared if we hear a loud noise crashing outside of our window. I mean, we're going to have a, you know, a fear kind of adrenaline response. Anxiety, I think, comes from these little teeny tiny needling fear, um, prickly uh, lies, if you will. Hmm. that we listen to. Yeah. Yeah. And once you're able to sort of separate and, and not just be, not just be taken by these thoughts, these little lies, not just be drawn down that path, but once you're able to say, wow, I'm feeling anxious. Let me think of the, what, what is it? Right. What, what am I hearing? What is the circumstance? What what am I faced with? What is going on? Um, once you're able to sort of sit there and, and take it out of that little, uh, out of that trickle that I'm, I'm trying to think of an image, like, you know, someone pulling a rope, like in a, a tug of war, right? You've got one team on the other side, right? And, and what makes the other side eventually lose, right? It's the fatigue or maybe a misstep or something. And if, if you don't stand up and ask the question and see anxiety when it starts for what it is, you're going to be on that team that gets pulled into a loss in that tug of war. Mm. Yeah. And it really, um, it really is a skill. Yeah. 
It's a skill. It's and not for people to feel badly if they're if they're if they're struggling with anxiety. Oh my gosh, if you're struggling with anxiety, that means that you have an opportunity to to have a victory in that area because you've recognized you're struggling. Yes. That's the first step is to be able to say, I think if you're here listening, you've already started being more self-aware in your growth for yourself. And so if you can say, yeah, I have anxiety or this is anxiety, this, I like that. There was, I have another episode that's specifically focused on anxiety. Uh She said that exact same thing. Start by labeling it. This is anxiety. Okay. What can I do about it? Right. And that is so much, there's so much freedom in that. And to be able to recognize it, label it, and then start dissecting it a little bit more. Well, and I think there's some, there are some practical things that you can do in your life um, to be able to recognize, label, and, and have dominion over victory over all kinds of things. And I think it starts in this realm of self-care. And the self-care, um, you know, get to basics, right? Get to your basics. Um, make sure you're sleeping, yeah. A. Um, now, in terms of your nourishment, right? Um, this is a huge, huge area that that women miss the mark in. So many women um, don't fuel themselves yeah. with, with their food, and um, I really don't think that the work in your psyche is as thorough unless the work in your body, your wellness around your own physical wellness is an absolute priority. Yes. There's such a connectedness that we miss um, caring for your spirit, caring for your body, your biology, your cells, your, 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 your just a blob of biology and it functions better or worse depending on what you choose to do for it. So the spirit health, the body health, and then the, and the mind health, the psychic health, the, the, the conditions around your psychology, the struggles that you have in your emotions, all of that is is imminently more doable when you are doing better in terms of your physical health. Yeah. And I think too, some, because today I think we feel so pressured to fit into a certain body type or a certain mold. And that's where we start deriving our worth from. And it goes down this whole rabbit hole. If we can, I think that in itself creates so much anxiety right? and it just is the circle. And so if we can take a step back and say, what does my, my body need? Yeah. Learn how to experiment from a place of non, no judgment and just figure out the best way for you personally to fuel the body that you live in. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then to honor it. Yeah. And to separate, yeah, to separate that external judgment. I don't know. Well, I've had this, I've had this, um, this issue all my life with, um, following through on 
what I, uh, on a set idea for myself. So whether it be recently when I'm sitting in the steam room and I'm telling myself, I'm going to sit in here for 10 solid minutes. And so I agree with myself to do that. Right. But at minute eight, or maybe it's whatever, a longer period of time, but I I think, Oh, I'm going to bail. I want to go out of the steam room and yeah, I'm hot, but I could stay a little bit longer. Or for instance, I was, because you know exercise is important to me and I love I just love um I love physicality so the the reference to the steam room I love that experience Mm. feel it in my body um but when I was swimming laps I was just doing kickboards and I said okay I'm gonna do 10 I'm gonna go 10 and by seven you know with my restless mind I was like oh this is boring um I think I'll get out but then I said no Amory you made an agreement with yourself for 10 laps so just go two more or three more, mm-hmm. right? And it was, it was, and, and these are not outrageous things. It's not like I'm saying I've got to run a marathon right. today or I'm going to, you know, these are, these are expectations within a, a, um, a healthy kind of um, resonance with what is doable and what's healthy to do. Yeah, nothing outlandish, right? This isn't like some kind of exercise um, bulimia experience, you know, where people will put these outrageous goals on themselves. That's not being connected. But what I'm talking about is, is having the courage to be accountable to myself. Mm. So it's not just in those instances, but it's also, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. It's 9.30. I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. I could stay up and watch something or or be on the internet and look at stuff and talk to friends, or I don't know. I could stay up, but I can also just tell myself, I'm going to go to sleep now. And that be an agreement with myself. And the agreement that I'm handshaking on is something around accountability that has to do with care. Mm. And, and doing so, so that I am, I'm as well as I can be. Because if I'm not as well as I can be, I can't, I can't show up for others at all. Yes. At all. And some of the other things I I practice is, I I know we've talked about this, but the desire to, to not drink alcohol. You know, I was never really very good at drinking. Um, And just to be honest, you know, there are things that I'm better at than, than other things. I've just never had the balance around booze and I've not really had a lot of balance around sugar. Mm. eating sugar. I've never really had a lot of balance, um, around maybe those, maybe that's the same chemical that, that, um, you know, lifts me high and drops me low. Mm. Um, and I don't feel, I don't feel grounded. So, you know, when I'm with other friends of mine that are, you know, in their fifties and, and they're drinking wine and, um, talking about how fatigued they feel or how their, um, you know, how their hormones are, are raging or how they can't sleep and, and they, you know, they want to lose weight and things like that. You know, I, I guess I feel like, you know, and I think to a, a, a few friends, you know, I've mentioned, well, you know, just experience as in a, you know, as a um, discovery, um, what it would be like to not have alcohol for a month. And just to see if some of those things that you that you're frustrated by are alleviated, um, yeah. I don't. I 
I really feel like that's a huge blessing for my health is, is not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've recently, I know we've connected over this in my recent decision. I think I'm going on six months now of, of no alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that was something for me that I felt a deep calling on or around for a few years and have experimented on and off, on and off. And for me, I think it's the same thing. It was that drastic up and down, but then for me, it was also an understanding of my behaviors around these kinds of things. And for me, it was, I was turning to alcohol instead of sitting with my feelings. Sure. It was this way of just not dealing and I have a lot of numbing behaviors, you know, food yeah. was one of those exercise was one of those. And sure. so it's been a good lesson in understanding the why of my behaviors and seeing if I can adjust and seeing the what that you can do. Exactly. Right. I think the numbing, um, behaviors, I mean, there's so much we could talk about the sobriety choice and how important it is to be gentle on yourself because mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's not a, um, one-time decision. They have to kind of come to it after a few episodes of disappointing, um, you know, relapses it's called, but also, um, I think you just, you just know, you know, when you know yeah. that it's something you want to explore and, um, everybody's journey is different, but it's, it's, I, oh, such a, such a joy to, to not do that. But I think anytime you dismiss a behavior that you've used to numb, you have to realize that you're losing a, um, you're losing a coping mechanism, Hmm. You're losing one coping mechanism, so you're going to have to shore up something different, yes. right? And as you lose these numbing, the, the over-exercising, the under-eating or the overeating, the um, television binging, the um, maybe it's even just being drawn into these anxious thought loops that you almost crave because they're just... It's an addi- there's an addictive quality to, to cycling through thoughts over and over and over again. Um, once you start to recognize these behaviors and, and move away from them gradually, you, um, just like you have this ability, I had this ability to be like, yeah, do 10 laps. You know, you find that the, 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 the other three laps were all, already there, doable. Hmm. Yeah. The coping, the other coping mechanisms that you need to rely on once you leave these others, you have within you. Right. Yeah. We just haven't, um, haven't explored them, haven't opened those doors and they're there. Like, man, I just, I really love the idea that I teach about in yoga too, that your body is in a constant state of healing. Yeah. That's your body's that's the, that's the miracle of your body. That's the miracle of God's creation in you is that as opposed to thinking I'm getting worse and worse and worse and worse, right? No, you know, you shift that to think I'm getting better and better and better and better. And also I am more and more and more and more Mm. capable. I am more and more and more and more capable of moving away from these patterns because that knowledge and that, that I believe that, um, that equation for health, for wellness was placed in all of us as we were created. And this is where I think my faith comes into play that we're created in God's image and we are, um, we are to magnify his glory in our beings, right? 
And it's just by getting into our essential makeup, which is exquisite. Mm -hmm. Seeing ourselves as confident, capable, conquerors even, as opposed to these, these terrible labels that we give ourselves as women that are, yeah, society reinforced. And some of us have been in crappy relationships and can't necessarily move out of those mindsets that those relationships developed in us. Um, but I really strongly think that, you know, my story speaks for itself, that, that there is, there is so much, um, there's so much victory to be had. Yeah. But it's also, um, it's a journey. It takes, it takes one step at a time. And I think it's being gentle with yourself along the way. And if you do catch yourself in say some sort of numbing behavior where you're like, huh, I'm, I'm eating this entire pan of brownies, not because I want to eat the brownies, but because I'm trying not to feel something, or I'm watching 10 hours of Netflix because I don't want to deal with this issue that I'm avoiding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Catch yourself in the behavior is a victory in itself. And I think a lot of us in this personal development journey, we do tend to beat ourselves up when we do find ourselves in this place. Right, because we know that's what we know. Yeah. We know how to, we know how to beat ourselves up. And it's interesting because a lot of us um, would have no idea how to beat up someone else. Yeah. (laughs) Beat up ourselves. Um, I, I love your, your thought of just even recognizing, gosh, I just did that again. How, how one steps from that into saying, I've done this again and I am getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm getting somewhere because I used to eat this whole pan of brownies and, or, you know, make myself puke or go run 13 miles or just have another pan of brownies, whatever your trip was or is. And and not have that conversation, not say I'm getting somewhere. Yes. And to say, this is just information I can learn from. Well, it's that, listen, you cripple the lies. Mm. You cripple the, the enemy. You cripple evil. You cripple darkness that wants to take you down and keep you from living a blessed life. You cripple that whole, that whole um, that whole energy by one simple statement, you know, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Hmm. I got chills. Well, it is the exact opposite of what the darkness wants you to think about yourself. Yeah. The darkness wants you to think that you'll never change, that you'll never stop, that you won't be able to ever give up wine, or you'll never, ever be able to ever um, stop eating um, sugars, or you'll never, ever get to a yoga class, or you'll never, those are all lies. When you look at what you are really designed for, and I honestly believe that, I believe that I am designed for wellness. I didn't come out of the womb um, wanting to go buy a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Mm. I didn't come out of the womb um, wanting to binge on a soap opera. (laughs) 
then not answer my phone or I didn't come out of the womb procrastinating, um, doing a task for work. I didn't come out of the womb, um, wanting to lie to a friend. I came out of the womb whole, beautiful, full of potential. That is exactly the truth that we all still can live with, that there's potential. I am created for wellness. That's what I'm created for. I'm not, and I I love that idea, like babies and children, you know, they know when to stop nursing because they're full. Hmm. They know when they're hungry, they cry. They know when they're tired, they sleep. It's when we grow through life and we have these pains and people hurt us that we, that we start to manage pain, you know, through those, through those fundamental, those fundamental behaviors of, of self-nourishing. You know, we, we deny ourselves or we overindulge and we find a, a break, a respite from, from the uncomfortable feeling. But you know what? Really, our bodies are programmed for wellness. And if you can just say, you know, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Wherever it is in your life, you know, then, then you're really reinforcing that, that beautiful energy that's already there. Oh, so many good things. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, you know, but the thing is, is it's not, it's, uh, I mean, you know, talk is cheap, right? Mm. (laughs) We could talk and talk and talk, but it's when, you know, like you and I don't see each other for a few days until we practice again. Um, It's what we do. You know, it's if you do that, that those 10 laps that you say you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it is, you know, I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to tell myself that I'm, that I am doing better. You know, it's if you actually follow through Mm -hmm. and following through with those little things really lead to a lot of, a lot of victory in the bigger things. That's where it all starts is the action, the awareness piece. And then what am I going to do about it? And what do I need right today? Yeah. And reorienting that it's not a contest. No, you're not going to be, you're not being judged and you step out of self-judging. You look at your progress. Sometimes progress for me is, you know what? I got through a entire afternoon or maybe I got through this hour without thinking a single negative thought about anyone or Mm. myself or anything. I went through a whole hour without any negative thought popping up in my head. You know what? That's a good day. Yeah. For me, this past weekend, I went shopping for bridesmaids dresses. And typically in the past, I would be defined by whether or not specific like dresses fit me, you know? And if I had to go up a size, it was this horrible thing. (laughs) This weekend, it was just, oh, that didn't fit. I'll try in a different style. Oh, I need a bigger size. And then I, you know, for me, that was a huge victory to leave the day shopping Yeah, with, I found a beautiful dress and that was it. There was no worth attached to the dresses I didn't fit in or that didn't look good on me. It was just, I found a dress. And that was huge. Well, and that too, Stephanie, that's the energy of that, of that healthy, well child. Mm. You know, that it's, this is fun. I'm going to, this looks good. I'll take this. You know, that's just like, yay. 
Let's go play. Yeah. Let's play. I'm going to go to the store and have fun. I'm going to play. You know, like, I love, I love children and I love their energy. I love their delight in things that we've all, we've lost delight in and how they approach things. Like, um, just gosh, I, I know those, I know those moments. Like I, I used to stand in a, uh, looking at a mirror and be like, Oh man, this body, you know, wow. Um, you know, here's this body I can do loads with. I mean, I'm, I'm really blessed, but you know, looking at it critically, like I don't look like some swimsuit model or something like that. Um, as opposed to like that energy, that healthy, well energy of that lovely young girl, young child, that essence of me, who I am in my de- most, most delighted space saying, I'm going to go swim. Yeah. You know, and guess what? You walk with that energy you walk with that kind of delight in your, in your existence. Um, you know, it is, or, or so you have, you have too many brownies and you have that, you have that recognition of the adult being like, Oh shoot, you know what? I know I'm going to do better. Or I know I'm doing better now. You know, I'm doing better because I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm going to go play. Mm. That spirit filled life loving, life-affirming energy of, of playfulness, that playful spirit comes from that self-love space. Yeah. And that self-hatred space, oh my gosh, it is so last year. Yeah. Right? Or so yesterday, whoever, you know, it, or maybe so, so this morning, but not this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not, it's not attractive and it doesn't, it doesn't serve you. It's just wasted energy. It's wasted energy and it is, um, yeah, it, 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 it can get in the way. It can get in the way of you having a wonderful time either with yourself or with others. Yeah. And I believe life is really to be lived um, for the joy of living, even in difficult times, there is joy. Yeah. There's joy everywhere, but you just, you know, we just are so conditioned to look for, for that, which we're not, we're not quite measuring up, um, against. And that is just, you know, that's just something that we can discipline ourselves out of. I really believe we can. It's a process. Get your sleep, eat beautifully, enjoy your food, um, celebrate your movement, and 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 dig into dig into your spirit and what serves that sense that you are protected, and that um, you know, and that gives you that that love that nothing else in the world does. Yeah, dig into those things, and I think you you've got a good first step. I love that. <laughs> And I'm looking at the clock right now and it's like the time we've, we've hit our, our time. And I'm like, no, I feel these conversations go so fast. And I think we had, we'll have to have another conversation because there's even more I want to dig into, but lovely. I'd be honored to talk more about specifics around, around body food and, um, you know, how to how to mend and heal from from disordered Mm -hmm. eating and but it really does start with the thought I think this was a beautiful first step in that conversation because you are you are so lovely to do this for people and um I'm just so honored to be your friend 
Mm, right back at you. I am just so grateful the way life has put us together and for these conversations and for the support we're able to give each other in so many different ways. And yeah, I'm so grateful. <laughs> Thank you, sister. You are, you are amazing. And um, it's just been a pleasure to talk with you. And Marie, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Okay. Well, my website is www.flow-art.org. So it's flow-art.org. And on my website, you can read my blog. You can look at my artwork. You can sign up, um, connect with me to, to get an appointment for a private yoga or some counseling, work with nutrition, cooking lessons, shopping assistance, and of course, art lessons and um, tapping into that part of yourself that wants to create and make something beautiful on a canvas. And I also teach every week at Silver Mountain um, Prospector location. I teach Fridays at noon, Saturdays at nine in the morning, and Sundays over at the Kimball location at 4.30. So those are my Silver Mountain classes. I also teach the drop-in, open to the public, um, holy yoga class, which is basically, as we discussed, a yoga experience of people wanting to connect to God um, through their yoga. So it's a, it's a very... Christ-based, so a Christian-based practice of people wanting just to experience God on a different level in their body in a, in a worshipful manner. And that's Monday nights at 7 o'clock over at the Red Church, Creekside Christian, which is located at 1400 Bittner Road. So that's every Monday at 7 and just drop in. Um, and then also I want to announce that August 18th, the Holy Yoga organization uh, is allowing us to do a Holy Yoga event. So that's Saturday, August 18th, and that will be at the Red Church, 1400 Bittner Road. And you can register for that event uh, at holyyoga.net. It's $15, and it's for a, a half a day of meditation, practice, posture clinic, and study. Um, and that is going to be from nine to one on August 18th. And it's only $15. I did the one, I taught the one down in Salt Lake in April. We had over about 90 people um, and it was a really wonderful event. So that's the kind of thing that we're going to recreate up here in Park City. We're going to have wonderful musicians and a great practice. And it's just a really healing, wonderful community to, to step into. So that's also something coming up that I'd love people to know about. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I will make sure all of that information is also in the show notes so that people can um, easily access all of it. Is there anything else you want to say before we end our time? I think the most, the most instructive thing that I've, I've learned in this process of, of restoring my foundation mm. is learning how to, to be gentle with myself. Yeah. Really learning that skill, that discipline of ahimsa, the, 
the, the idea that I can, um, just as I would for one of my children, I would, I would move alongside of them through something difficult and, and hold their hand. I've learned that, that I can do that for myself and give myself a break. And that's been huge. It's given me, given me a lot of, a lot of reinforcement that uh, really is important in this process, this lifelong process. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely lifelong, but there are just so many beautiful things to uncover in that. Well, and, there's, and there's gentleness in that and that and saying yeah. this is a lifelong process. Yeah. You've taken however many years you are when you begin your journey to learn the things that you've learned. It's not going to take an overnight session to undo all of those behaviors. No. And it's that lovely, wise old woman mm. with that contented smile on her face who's done a life journey of gentleness and foundation restoration and, and solid, good love to herself and others. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Love you. Time. Oh, so good. This was, I have chills. <laughs> I'm like leaving, leaving this conversation with a really, just in a really good place. <laughs> Thanks everyone for being here. Thank you for being here. And we will all chat soon. Indeed. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening and for being here with me. If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.